Well, welcome everyone. Hello, good morning. Welcome to the second Sunday in Advent. And uh, how grateful we are to have you all here with us. How grateful we are to have our online folks with us today. We say welcome to you. Um, we want you all to know, not only in this room, but also uh, on you know, on camera, wherever you might be, your TVs, your internets, whatever you are, if you've got a dial-up phone, uh, it might be a little slower, you'll be able to download this by tomorrow, but we want you to know we're with you either way. Um, we'll be receiving communion a little bit differently today. Um, adults will be receiving it towards the end of the message, uh, as the kids will be upstairs receiving communion together in Christmas camp, so we just wanted to you to know that'll be coming, but also wanted you to know at home uh, to be prepared with your elements uh, at that point. So uh, if you have any questions, if you have any prayer requests, you can write them in on, on Facebook and we'll, we'll respond and we'll pray with you just as we pray with our folks in this place. But for everybody that's here and everybody that's online, we say welcome to you all. I'm Peggy Searles. And I'm Piper Searles. Today we light the first and second candles of the Advent. Each candle has a meaning. Last week we lit the first candle, the candle of hope. On the second week we light the candle of peace. Colossians 3.15 tells us, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. God of the peace, peace, we pray, we pray for, for peace for, for divided hearts in a divided world. And peace for our souls. Give us grace to seek peace in our lives, community, and in the world. Loving God, we hold. Loving God, we hold um, healing your healing presence. Those who suffer pain and ill health, with their families, friends, and those who care for them. May they know the deep peace of Christ. Loving God, we hold in your healing presence those who suffer in mind and spirit and all who care for them. May they know the deep peace of Christ. Loving God, we hold the healing presence of the suffering people of our world in the places where the people are experiencing division, injustice, and violence. May they know the deep peace of Christ. Loving God, we hold in your healing presence those suffering, to, sorry, struggling to overcome addiction or abuse, those supporting and working with them, and all those suffering, oh, and all whose suffering has distanced them from those who, who you love. May they know the deep peace of Christ. Loving God, we hold the healing presence of those who are facing loss and sorrow. May, May they, they know, know the deep peace of Christ. Loving God, we hold in your healing presence and peace those whose needs are not known to us and those whose names we do not know but are known to you. <clears throat> May they know the deep peace of Christ. Trust and pray. Three in one God, pattern of community. Thank you that we are not alone. The prayers we have prayed together, we release to you in the name of our God, our Father, Jesus, our brother, 
in the Holy Spirit, Mother and Father of all of us. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome to Crossroads. We're so happy for you to be here. It's a great Sunday here at Crossroads. We got our chili cook-off afterwards. Uh, thank you to everybody who's made chili, who has organized things, who's given auction items. We're so excited to be together upstairs after the service. And Jeff and Aaron Anderson are helping to facilitate all of this. They've been leading so well. And Jeff is going to give clear instructions at the end of the service about that. So if you're someone who's already concerned, know that that's coming and you won't have time to forget. Um, but this morning, we want to welcome you, especially if you've not been to Crossroads before. We want to say we're excited you're here. And um, if you want to meet us at the Next Steps kiosk after the service, we can have, we'll have a friendly face there to say hello, give you a free gift, help to orient you. Um, and if you don't want to talk to a person or you're online, follow this QR code um, to learn a little bit more about the church. And we want to let you know that Food Pantry is tomorrow. And if you've never been to our holiday Food Pantry, it is so fun. AJ and I have a babysitter because our kids aren't helpful yet. Um, but we're excited to be there <laughs> and to get to love and serve. Um, and we're going to wear festive clothes. We invite you, Peggy, wanted to make sure you know this is supposed to be fun. Um, wear your Christmas stuff. And um, if you want to volunteer, you can come um, whenever you're able between 3.30 and 5.30. We also want to give you an update and thank those of you who have been consistently giving to our food pantry. It has made such a difference. Um, we had $1,424 come in for food pantry, and our expenses were $1,268.44. So thank you so much. Um, we know at the holidays, food is really important to all of us. And so we're so grateful that there are people who are going to have food for the holidays um, because of our pantry tomorrow. And we want to let you know about giving opportunities um, for this Christmas season. We like to give you some ideas if you are looking for some end-of-year gifts of where it might be most helpful. There's a list of them at the kiosk. Um, a lot of them have to do with um, giving to Crossroads, to Haiti, um, different ideas for you there. And if you want to talk to anybody about that, anyone on our pastoral self staff can help you out. And then another way to give um, this Christmas season is we have a holiday gift drive. We're a pickup location or a drop-off location. Don't pick up the gifts that have been given. <laughs> drop off more gifts. Um, and these gifts are for kids and for mothers. Um, and you put them in unwrapped, and that way um, the families can choose the gifts they want to give to their families and wrap them themselves. Um, so if you could drop those off um, before December 22nd, there is a holiday party that they will be using those for. And if you have um, or know middle schoolers or high schoolers, we have youth group this Friday. Wow, that came up again real quick. Um, and it's going to be really fun. Erin Anderson is leading the girls and making cake pops. It's a big holiday party. The guys are going to be doing a Winter Olympics. Um, so you won't want to miss that. And then lastly, um, our Christmas services... Um, Christmas Eve is on a Sunday this year, which always provides, you know, lots of surprises. So we're going to do our candlelight service at 1032 that morning. Um, so we'll just do one big Christmas Eve day service and then a Christmas day service at noon. So we're excited to celebrate the holidays with you um, even just after the service and today. So um, that's what's happening at Crossroads. All right. Thanks, Hannah. And thanks once again to everybody that cooked chili, and Jeff and Aaron, and yeah, thanks in advance. It's good to be here. 
I, uh, I have not been feeling well, and uh, I, you know, I lost that. I, I, how many of you have that title? You walk around, you say, I never get sick. Well, I've lost that for the rest of my life. I can't say that. You don't think that's funny. I don't either. It's terrible. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm uh, feeling better, uh, and hopefully, but I'm still a little bit medicated, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, there's a recent um, survey done by USA Today, and um, they simply asked, uh, the survey was basically, do you uh, struggle with uh, worry or anxiety? And nine out of ten Americans say that they have significant struggles with worry and anxiety. Nine out of ten. It's remarkable, isn't it? Um, I want you just to think for a minute about Jesus' life and what you know of Jesus and try to describe, you don't have to say it out loud, just in your mind or you can write it down if you want. Use one word to describe Jesus. And we'll get back to that in a few minutes, but just I want you just to think about that for a couple seconds. One word uh, that you would say best describes Jesus um, while he was on the earth, or maybe not, could be something else, could be... Now, uh, anyway, I want to talk to you for a couple of minutes about peace in a divided world, actually, uh, more accurately, peace in an anxious world, because I think now more than ever, anxiety is, uh, talk about a pandemic, we all wrestle with anxious thoughts doesn't mean that we're not a Christian, doesn't mean that, you know, we're not connected to God, but it's important that we have these conversations around anxiety because what do we do with that? There's a lot of scriptures to inform us. Um, you know, um, in these uh, Bible apps and stuff, uh, they can, some of them can tell what scriptures you're highlighting, and the most highlighted scripture uh, in the Bible is the scripture we're going to use as our main text this morning, um, which is kind of surprising because I think if we thought about it, most people would say, well, it's probably John 3.16, something like that, or Psalm 23, right? There's these different places of scripture. But this is actually the most highlighted portion of scripture in the Bible by people around the world. And here it is. It's Philippians, written from a jail cell, the Apostle Paul. And this is what he says. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends, some versions say passes, same thing, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Now, there's kind of common anxiety producers in our life that you could categorize. I mean, this certainly isn't an exhaustive list, but uh, the, the, there's the unknowns in our life, those things that it's more about our future. It's kind of the what ifs. 
the what-ifs of life can create anxiety. I was recently uh, talking to someone that was going through a transition in their life, and they had called me to talk about it, and um, their employer wanted to have a conversation with them, and they were really concerned about the conversation. And after this person talked to me, I said, um, you know, and, and they expressed why they were concerned about the conversation. I said, well, in, in hearing what you're saying, what I hear you say, I actually think your employer may really have deep respect for you and has no, like, ulterior motivation, um, and it's not a negative motivation. I could be wrong, but what I hear you describing is something that should be really complimentary. But this person was taking it in as a source of deep anxiety. And sure enough, just spoke to them yesterday. And they said to me, I found that all of that anxiety I had was totally unfounded. And he said, but I guess that's what makes it anxiety, right? Jesus put it this way, Matthew 6, 34. He said, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about the what ifs. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own, doesn't it? (laughs) Doesn't each day have enough trouble? Then there's the unlikely category, right? It's, it's, uh, then if you have that anxiety setting on your phone, somebody about uh, over a year ago blessed me by saying, oh, you know, you should have this news app, uh, a setting on your phone where it like it, it'll just show up headlines show up and you have that it's like the devil anyway so they blessed me they set it up and sure enough the first day I'm like getting bombarded with headlines from around the world and it's all these unlikely things you know the reason they're headlines is because they're unlikely things right if it was normal stuff it wouldn't be a headline or sometimes yeah I guess they are but for the most part, so I, anyway, I got rid of the devil, cast it out, and he, but it's like, it's, it creates an anxiety in our life, right? Fake news, ridiculous news. Here's some ridiculous news. I looked some up for you guys. Here's some headlines, ridiculous headlines that, these are real headlines. Woman missing since she got lost. It's a headline. Here's one from the Washington Post. Fish on drugs are more likely to drop out of schools. Your tax dollars hired at work. Here's one from I don't know where. The Learning Center on Hanson Street reported a man across the way standing at his window for hours watching the center, making the parents nervous. Police ID'd the subject as a cardboard cutout of Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I could see that. Anyway, here's, here's, here's a great headline. Rooms with broken air conditioners are hot. Yes, that's true. Um, Florida couple arrested for selling tickets to heaven. There's worse things to do. Another headline, a nuclear explosion would be a disaster. Yes, certainly, that's true. Tortoise, tortoise theft leaves owners shell-shocked. So creative. Hospitals resort to hiring doctors. The Daily News, diarrhea of a madman. 
Two women hit, suspect still on the run. Too early. This is church. Weight Watchers, demonstrator, shoplifts, cupcakes. Pork in Sweden uh, at an Ikea store. Pork was found in moose lasagna. That was bad. And then the last one, because this might get me to lose my job, from Elkton, Maryland. Cop makes arrest in bathroom after smelling crack. You cannot make this stuff up. Then there's the uncontrollable. If you've never been to Crossroads before, welcome. It's, it'll be better next week. Then there's the uncontrollable. I, I just Part of it is I think it's important for us to laugh a little bit when we talk about anxiety and stress. It's not, it's not a laughing matter per se, but it is important that you have some space in your life to laugh to breathe, to separate from the intensity of this world we live in. And it seems like the access we have to information is escalating the intensity and the stress and the anxiety. Then there's the uncontrollable category. This is that category where you have this heightened sense of vulnerability and a lowered sense of power and control. Um, I remember when my father-in-law was getting ready to not be able to drive anymore. And, you know, it was those days where, um, you know, it was questionable whether he should have been driving at all. And uh, we would be on the freeway and I'd be in the back seat. And it was a really vulnerable kind of play. It was like I really wanted to drive. You know what I mean? You ever been in there where you're like you're stepping on that imaginary brake? because you know that the driver isn't, for whatever reason, isn't seeing well or responding well. Well, that happens to us in our relational world where there's things that we have control of then there's things we don't have control of, right? We have a lowered sense of power and control, but we have a heightened sense of vulnerability that happens perhaps in our finances or in our career. Our, our business could be like that. That's how I think that that's... That's how it is with our world. We just don't feel like we've got a lot of control over what's going on, and these headlines bombard us, things about the government and the way we respond, and it can feel overwhelming, and it creates anxiety in our lives, right? Happens with our health. So how can we move and live in peace during this Advent season in this anxious world? And I would just say three things just to remember. Cast. The scripture tells us to cast, to cultivate, and to relax or regulate. First of all, to cast. The scripture tells us in 1 Peter 5, also tells us in Psalm 55, to cast your anxiety on God, for God cares for you. I read a, or I was listening to a guy recently about my age, and he said he remembers his dad saying, uh, to him when he was a little kid. He says, son, if bread goes to a dollar a loaf and gas goes to a dollar a gallon, God will still care for us. And he th- thinks back on it as, as a real testimony of just remembering God's goodness, right? Seems like a small thing, but uh, the more that inflation rattles you or whatever, you can remember that God is with you 
in this journey, right? The issue when it comes to casting, it's like think of fishing. We have a couple of problems. One is the scripture says to cast your cares on God. So those of you that fish, you know like there you don't just cast like haphazardly. You're trying to cast in certain spots. So you're casting your cares on God. So this is the first place we go. That's kind of the instinctive. Go to God first with your anxiety. Before you do anything else, the scripture says, cast your cares on God. And I think in our culture, we're, we're becoming so sophisticated, we're becoming so brilliant and so ego-driven that we don't feel like we need to cast things on God. And we skip this, and it's the most important thing that we can do. First, I want to go to God. And then when I cast, I'm not going to reel it back in. It just says to cast it. Here it is, God. I'm casting it your way. Don't bring it back in and regurgitate it. Don't reel it in so that you've got to see that thing again. If you do reel it in, perhaps, cast it back out, okay? Cast your cares on God because God cares for you. Uh, a couple years ago, a guy named Scott Stossel in the Atlantic wrote an article about himself and his trying to survive anxiety. And this is uh, some of what he said in the article. He said, here's somewhat of what I've tried to deal with anxiety, individual psychotherapy, group therapy, cognitive therapy, family therapy, cognitive relational therapy, rational emotive behavior therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy, hypnosis, meditation, role-playing, exposure therapy, massages, Massage therapy, self-help workbooks, yoga, acupuncture, stoic philosophy, audio tapes that I ordered off late-night TV infomercials. As far as medication, and I, I, the list that he put on there is about half of what I have because I can't pronounce most of it. Thorazine, Nardil, Prozac, Zoloft, Paxil, Wellbutrin, Cymbalta, Inderol, Cirac, Sintrac, St. John's Wort, Xanax, Valium, Ativan, and he goes on. And then he says, of course, there was beer, wine, gin, vodka, bourbon, scotch, tequila, and a variety of spritzers. And here's what worked. At the end of his article, he said, absolutely nothing. Now, the point isn't that those things are all not useful. The point isn't to say that God can or will work in your life apart from, say, things like therapy. The point is, where do we go first? Those things can be highly effective. Many of the things we talked that I just shared, and he wasn't even saying, don't try those things. But what do we do first? Cast our cares on God, for God cares for us. And then wisdom begins to flow. And the process of how I'm going to, you know, work through the issues that are in my life and the anxiety that comes on. So the first thing we want to do is cast, and we want to cultivate. Let me, let me go back to this real quick. Cast your cares on God, for God cares for you. And this is, remember, what it says here in Philippians 4. Present your request to God, and the peace of God which passes or transcends understanding. In other words, we're inviting the supernatural activity of God into things like counseling or therapy. We're coming to God first, and we're asking God, 
It passes all understanding and will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. We need more than what we naturally can get our hands on. That's kind of the invitation from Scripture. Then it's to cultivate. Now, to cultivate um, is, think of, think of this issue of having peace of mind. Think of your mind as like a garden. And uh, consider the Scripture, uh, which some of us, when we, when we read the Scripture of the sower in Luke 8, I believe it's, it's in, um, we, we consider the, uh, where the sower goes out to sow seed and some seed gets sown on rocky soil and some seed gets sown on a path that's beaten down type of soil and then some seed goes on thorny soil and then some seed goes on a receptive and open soil. So think of the seed that, that gets planted by God um, as seeds of thought, the word, The scripture tells us that it's the word that gets sown into our life. So it's a thought into the soil of our mind and our heart. Some of us read this scripture and we think it's just totally evangelistic. It's only about God trying to lead somebody, including ourselves, to Christ. But really, uh, it's for all of us. How is the soil of your mind and your heart? Is it a soil that is receptive? Is it the kind of soil that is ready to receive the thoughts and the words momently that God is sending our way. This is what Paul says. He says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, when it comes to our digestion and like the, the way we take in food, we realize there's, there's an importance to good food for good digestion. We know the importance of air, having good fresh air to breathe in. And in the same way, good thoughts, like things like taking in scripture, good conversations, meditating on what is lovely and pure and good the things that we talked a couple weeks ago about just being full of gratitude and thankfulness, meditating on those things. And it it does something profound in our life and helps us when it comes to anxiety. One definition of mindfulness, this is simply what it is, and mindfulness is is a term that's used a lot now, but simply mindfulness, if you could exchange mindfulness when you hear that term kicked around at your workplace or whatever or in your school, or just think of mindfulness as being similar to scriptural peace, biblical peace. It's very similar. Mindfulness is being fully aware in this present moment, particularly self-aware in a spirit of non-condemnation or shame. Now, it's non-condemnation. It's not non-judging. So to discern, we have to judge between things like right or wrong, but it's non-condemning. God didn't come to condemn us, didn't come to bring shame, but did want to help us know right from wrong. So mindfulness is simply biblical peace, right? So let's do a practice real quick on mindfulness. The name of a tree that comes from an acorn is an oak. A funny story, a comedian says, is a joke. 
A puff on a joint or a blunt is called a toke. Those of you from certain places, like where I grew up, the sound of a frog makes is a croak. Shall we start over? The white of an egg is called a white of an egg. Anyway. Yeah. But this is what happens to us. So mindfulness simply is paying attention, simply paying attention to what I'm taking in. So maybe during the day I'm going to take some times during my day, just a couple of minutes. I'm just going to be mindful. I'm going to be aware. I'm going to sit in gratitude for a couple of minutes here. And see what happens with the anxiety and see how peace begins to rush in. Now, I asked you what the word was. You can tell your neighbor, if you want, what the word was that you had for descriptive of Jesus. Uh, Dallas Willard one time was asked what his word would be, and he paused for quite a bit of time, and he said, and I love this, he said, relaxed. Jesus was relaxed, is what he said. Jesus said in John 16, he said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Peace, not the absence of trouble. Jesus certainly had plenty of trouble. Jesus was on boats and walking on water in storms. He was sent to a cross. But peace is what carries us through it. It's not hard to find trouble and tribulation, right? I think, as I said a minute ago, I think we, the, the access we have increases our ability to amp up our anxiety more and more. So, commensurate to that, we need to make sure that we're the kind of people that are in pursuit of maintaining our lives in a way of peace. Peace in us needs to grow. In, in Psalm 120, David said it this way. He said, too long, and I can so relate, I think you can too, too long have I had my dwelling among those who hate peace. It seems like our world in general just has, as much as we're so full of anxiety, there, there just seems like this driving force of not wanting peace. But we have been invited to a different way. See, Jesus was relaxed because Jesus knew who he was. Jesus was relaxed because Jesus knew where he was going. And Jesus was relaxed because Jesus knew to whom He belonged. Remember, at the end of Jesus' life, Pilate said, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus simply said, You've said that I am. That's just living from this deep sense of security. So I want you to know, more than anything, the most important thing that any of us carry out of this room today is the fact that God loves us and is present in our life. God is present in your life. God is with you. God is for you. 
And when all the chaos swirls around and comes at you, and some of you already this morning, when you woke up, it hit you like just this thought of anxiety. Know this, that you are secure in God. If you've never invited Jesus into your life and asked God to be a part of your life, this morning would be a great moment to do that. And we can all just pray together. And those of us that have already done this, we can do it again. And those of us that have never done it, maybe for the first time, can say, Jesus, I want that in my life. I want to sense that security that you are with me, that I would know that. Know this, God's always been with you. But this is simply about us acknowledging what God's already trying to do in our life. Sound good? Let's pray. So, Father, we thank you, God, that you are the peace that passes all understanding. We thank you, God, that you are with us. Thank you that you love us. And we thank you that on this day, you want us to know your peace a peace that passes understanding. So I pray for each one of us, whether we're receiving this afresh, the peace, the presence of Jesus in our lives, or if for the first time we're saying, I open my life to the peace and presence of Jesus, so let it be, O God. We invite you in, and we cast all of our cares this morning on you, all of them. That's where we're going to go first, God. We cast them on you, and we pray that you give us wisdom and insight and discernment for how to move forward with these beautiful, amazing lives that you've given us. And I bless my friends, and I receive a blessing myself, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. God bless you. Well, while the communion service come on up, um, we switched our communion to the end of the service today. Um, your kids are taking communion upstairs in Christmas camp. And, um, <clears throat> and one of the things that we love about communion is that it's a way to pray an embodied prayer. It's a way to pray in your body with tasting, right? It's where we taste and see that God has made a provision for us. Um, in the second week of Advent, if you're a person who follows the, the lectionary, which is just the, what the church reads throughout the year, we're in Mark chapter 1. And Mark, uh, Mark begins his gospel with this crazy wild guy named John the Baptist. And I find it wonderful. You know, the other gospel writers begin with genealogies. They begin with the political climate. Uh, they begin with the cosmos of in the beginning was the word, but not Mark. Mark starts out with this camel-haired guy coming up out of the wilderness saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is here. And so I want to ask you guys, how often do you repent? Maybe that's an old-fashioned word for you. How often do you say, Lord, have mercy on me? How many times do you wake up in the middle of the night and there's some kind of hanging thought over your head 
that you just need to say, oh God, would you release me from this anxiety? And so I want to just say repentance. We could get into all the Greek meanings and all of that, but really what we just want to say is whenever we sin, it's because we've broken relationship with God, ourselves, or our neighbor, where we've hurt ourselves or our neighbor or our relationship with God. And repentance matters, my friends. There's this idea that, you know, if you have any good relationship, it's a regular dose of I'm sorry. Right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry I just stepped on your toe. I'm sorry I left the cupboards open. I'm sorry I didn't clean the bathroom. You know, I mean, there, if you live with someone, they are probably the regular recipient of you realizing how human you are. Right? And if they're a wonderful person that you live with, they'll say, I forgive you. Not a problem. It's okay. I love you. Get off your back. You know? I don't expect you to be perfect. And if we have that kind of relationship with God, you'll be hearing the same things from God. God, I'm sorry. And I'll hear Claire, I love you. Because there is a need for us in Advent to feel peace that begins the year. So by the way, New Year's is not November or is not November 1st either, but is not January 1st. It's actually the first week of Advent where we begin the year to remember what we believe. What we believe about God. What we believe about God's invitation for us to be people of peace. I know I am far more peaceful with the people I love when I keep short accounts and have said, I'm sorry. And so on this day of peace, I wonder if we could just search our own heart for a minute and allow ourselves to just say to God, I repent, I'm sorry. And then hear God saying, my peace I give you, not as the world gives it. Peace be to you. And take a breath and receive the peace of God here. This is more true than my frailties and the ways that I've broken my life or my relationships. It's more true that you are speaking peace over us, God. So breathe in that reality. Peace be with you. And even as you're taking a breath here, I remember the psalmist's words to me and to you on this day. My heart is not proud. I do not concern myself with matters that are too great for me. 
but I still and I quiet my soul. I quiet my soul like a weaned child, like a weaned child in the arms of my heavenly parent. And maybe you could even breathe in each phrase after I say it. My heart is not proud. I do not concern myself with matters that are too great for me. But I still and quiet my soul. I still and quiet my soul like a weaned child. like a weaned child in the arms of my parent. Peace be with you. May the peace of God that transcends your heart and mind guide you waking and guide you walking. Peace be with you, not as the world gives it. The peace that comes from the God who is your peace. stand with us this morning and you're welcome to take communion from the back or come to the front and receive communion and we're going to give you the sign of peace so we're going to put our hand on your shoulder and we're going to say the peace of Christ be with you and maybe you'll look back at us and say peace of Christ be with you and we're going to trust God to do the miraculous in us for the nine out of ten of us in this room right now who are feeling anxiety in the middle of the night or in the waking in the morning. We're going to trust that the peace that transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and minds and that this kind of a practice, it's such a beautiful pocket prayer that we don't have to do big long things but in the middle of anxiety we could say the peace of God be with me of God be with you. Welcome to come. So God, may we learn how to practice peace. Give us the ability to quote scripture over our own souls. Remind ourselves of who we are, who we belong to. pluck us out of your hand. That we're held in the beloved. That in our waking and in our walking, we're recognizing we're being held. 
and that we'd learn how to be mindful and let the scripture take root and that we'd learn to uproot all that does not agree with your ideas about us and our neighbor. And we trust you as the Prince of Peace, whose name is Peace, that we can learn to practice peace, to cultivate peace, and to relax in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.